Hey, Rainbow Village, Cicely Majid here, CEO, National Director, and Pageant Coach of Rainbow Universe Pageants and Youth Services. And this is my inner beauty tip for November 30th, 2023, last day of November. <laughs> and I want to talk to you, youth 13 through 24, about being motivated can make you a beautiful person on the inside out. Um... What do you guys think about people who, I don't know if you've observed homeless people, um, and I don't want to talk down about them, but I've observed them a lot because I just have this really big dream for homeless people. Um, what do you think about people who sit around and do nothing? You know, just, you know, mostly like if you're watching homeless people and you see them in their tents or you see them walking around or sitting around panhandling or they're, um, you know, just doing nothing. And, um, or they're just, you know, sleeping on the ground or something like that. They have nowhere to go and they seem so unmotivated. Like there's just something holding them there and they're stuck. You know, they don't want to do anything. They don't want to get up. They don't want to try. Um, they don't want to take care of themselves. And so they get in this place of like a deep, dark depression and they just kind of sit there and they don't move. Those people are unmotivated people. That is the epitome of being unmotivated. You know, a homeless person sitting there doing nothing. And we don't know everybody's circumstances and why they're homeless or why they're in that position and what happened to them. You know, anything could have could happen. You know, something bad could happen. Somebody could have invaded their home, took everything from them, and they just got depressed and they just don't know what to do. You just never know. House could have caught on fire. You know, maybe they got... Um, laid off, um, somebody died in the family and they couldn't, you know, afford to live in the home anymore. You don't know people's story until you ask them, right? So you can't really judge them, but that I wanted to just use that as the, um, as the a depiction of what a really, truly, um, extreme unmotivated person looks like. That's not where we want to go. But to me, there are three kinds of people besides the, um, the homeless people that are um, unmotivated. There are three types of people that I have observed in regards to motivation. Um, uh, there's your crowd of people. I don't know if you've watched people downtown L.A., if you live in uh, California or New York, and you see crowds of people and they're just, you know, up and about. They're walking on the streets and they're crossing the street and they've got their briefcases. They've got their purses. They've got their backpacks. You know, you see people getting on the train, the subway. You see people, you know, writing things or listening to music. They're paying their fare. Um you see all this traffic in the morning, you know, people going to work or wherever they're going. It's just busy, busy, busy in the morning. These are you know, the first group of people. These people are motivated. They have somewhere to go. They have something to do. Something is pushing them out of their home or wherever they're coming from to go do something. So they're motivated to do something. Then you have the people who are the dreamers and the thinkers and the not doers. <laughs> These are the people who are just like, oh, I want to do this. You know, they're sitting at home and they're like, I'm going to go here. I'm going to do that. I'm thinking about this and this is going to happen. And they do nothing about it. Um, and even the Bible says you have to be doers of the word. So Christians, if you're a Christian youth, you know, you know, your pastor or your youth pastor or whatever youth group you're in, they always talk to you about faith, you know, about believing what's going to happen for you and not just believing, but actually doing something. Because the Bible does say, be doers of the word and not just hearers of it, because that doesn't make any sense. Oh, this is a great message. Thank you so much. I'm going to go home and go to sleep. 
as Christians, we're supposed to be witnesses. We're supposed to be um, out there motivating people ourselves. We're supposed to be out there loving people, caring about people, telling them about God and, you know, inviting them to our churches, inviting them to our homes, telling them about the Bible, telling them about your experience as a Christian. And that is being a doer of the word. So that means you're not just hearing it and you don't, you're not around people who are just listening to it because there's lots of Christians like that. You have to be a doer of the word. So you can't be one of that group of people who's just a dreamer or a thinker and they don't do anything about what they're dreaming and thinking. Nothing's going to happen that way, right? And then you have your third group of people. And these people are the people who dream, they think, they plan, and then they start to execute, but they don't finish anything. <laughs> and these people are the ones that, um, you know, they're on the road to getting it done. This is probably most of the population. We do stuff and we think about it and we plan it and we, you know, start to execute it. And then we're just like, ah, you know what? I'm not feeling it today, you know, and then you go back and you do something else and, you know, procrastination is an epidemic. So this is the, probably the majority of the population. And there's actually four groups of people, but that's, I don't really want to get into that because that's what I'm going to tell you guys what to do. These are the people that actually finish something. But, um, are you in one of these groups? I bet you're in one of these groups. And that means that you are unmotivated. And that can mean some ugliness is going to come out of you. When you're unmotivated, when you don't feel like you want to get up and do something and go somewhere and get something done, you're going to have a nasty, funky attitude. You're, you know, people might, you know, say, what is wrong with you? Why don't you get up and, and go do something? Um, I have another Dr. Phil story. <laughs> um, I've watched some, you know, episodes where you know, parents have their their kids that are just moochers. They're just sitting on the couch and watching TV all day or they're living in the garage and, you know, their girlfriend or boyfriend comes over and hangs out with them and they're like 25 or 30 and they have nothing going on. You know, they're looking for a job, apparently air quotes, looking for a job <laughs> and just can't seem to find a job. So they're just hanging out in mom and dad's home, eating their food and spending their money and the parents are pissed off. I've seen so many Dr. Phil episodes about this. Parents are pissed. You know, like, how do I get my son or daughter to get the hell up and go get their own home and go get their own life and their own money and stop coming here all the time and trying to, you know, take from me? You know, they're sick of it. Um, so these people are like really unmotivated. It's really annoying to have a, a kid do that. You don't, you don't want to be that kid. <laughs> so let me talk to you guys about um, how, how do you get motivated? First of all, we're going to talk about that. And then second, I'm going to talk to you about how do you stay motivated? Because getting motivated is, you know, one thing. It's great. But how do you stay there? How do you keep it going? So the first thing I encourage everybody to do is to have faith. If you don't have faith, nothing's ever going to happen for you. If you don't believe in anything, nothing's ever going to happen to you. I mean, there are so many songs about faith and believing, so many Bible verses about faith and believing. There's, you know, animated Disney movies about if you believe, you know, there's a song, you know, I think um, Houston sings it. Um, about believing and having faith. And um, it's very important. It's extremely important for us to have faith because, you know, if you are a Christian and you know, know that verse about if you have faith um, as small as a tiny mustard seed, and, you know, mustard seeds are extremely tiny. You can barely see them. Um, so if you just have that little bit of faith, 
you can get something done. So you got to have some kind of faith, something, somewhere. Um, and if you believe you can make a way for yourself and then God can make a way for you, then you're on your way. So you have to start with the faith. Your first partner is God. So if you, and I say this because I'm a Christian and I've had the experience of um, having faith and waiting for things and, you know, knowing that I have to have the faith to believe that it's going to happen. Otherwise it's never, it's never going to happen. You know, that's, that's kind of how God operates. He's watching us and he's saying, Hey, if you don't believe I can do this for you, no matter how long it takes, then you're a sunk duck. You're not going to get what you need or what you want. You have to believe you have to. Um, so if you walk around saying, this isn't going to happen, I'm never going to get this, I'm never going to go there, and this person's never going to talk to me, I'm not, this is not going to happen, and I'm not going to pass this test, and I'm not going to get into this college. And, you know, if you say that, then you are really putting out in the universe that it's not going to happen for you. And so you might end up one of those homeless people, you know, I'm totally unmotivated because you, you speak negative words. So that's the second step is to speak positive words to yourself, to your life, out into the universe, making sure that you are putting out, you know, a message to the universe saying, hey, this is going to happen for me. I know it is. It's going to happen this time. Or if it doesn't happen this time, it's going to happen in God's timing. And I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to get what I need. I'm going to be okay. You keep that going. You have to keep it going because if you stop it and you start something else, your brain is going to gravitate to some to the negative because negative is more sticky than positive because it's easy to be negative and to be sour um, because it kind of puts you in a, a safe place where, you know, you don't have to, you know, do anything to motivate yourself or make something happen. You just sit there and you don't have to do anything. So it's pretty easy to be negative. So if you think about negative stuff and you're fighting with the positive, your brain's going to gravitate towards the negative. And so you're going to manifest the negative in your life. And that's not what you want. So you have to do everything in your power to stay on a positive um, road, a positive mindset. So, you know, that mindset is very, very important. So your first partner, let your first partner be God, because God knows everything. And, you know, even if you're not a Christian, talk to somebody higher than you, <laughs> you know, somebody um, that you believe knows more than you do, because we don't know everything. So let your first partner be God. Um, then next, you want to get a human partner. You want an accountability buddy. Now, I have a program for you guys that um, will partner will match you with an accountability buddy. So if you are on the road to getting something done or, you know, making something happen in your life, being motivated, feeling better about yourself, improving your self-esteem, feeling more confident, it's important to have an accountability buddy, especially if you have an addiction. If you have an addiction to something, drugs, alcohol, sex, porn, uh, food, whatever it may be, um, an accountability buddy is extremely important. And if you contact me, I will explain what that's all about. But it, you know, if you haven't tried it, but anyway, anyway, you want an accountability buddy to support you and cheer you on. So that could be a friend, um, a coworker, a life coach, um, a therapist. And, and the, this day and age, you don't, sometimes you don't even have to pay for that. There are so many nonprofit programs out there that will support you you know, if your parents can't afford it or if you can't afford it, if you're older, you know, than 24 um, and you, you even you might not make the income to be able to afford a life coach because they can be expensive. Um, 
there are programs. You have to be resourceful and do some research and find somebody that will cheer you on. Life coaches are powerful. My, my favorite one is Tony Robbins. I mean, that man is like powerhouse and motivating people. Listen to his videos and his audios and his program. And he's got free stuff on YouTube all over the internet. So there's no excuse for you saying, I can't afford him. You know, he's got stuff, you know, just tidbits of motivational uh, messages to just get you up and, and moving. And he's like even talking about stories and he cries. And, I mean, this man is like, really, he's just great. I love listening to him. Um, he's like, you know, one of my mentors. Um, and then a therapist, you know, there are um, therapists, you, you don't even have to go in person to talk to a therapist. Now you can do teletherapy on the phone with somebody or by video and, you know, talk about something that you're dealing with and see what they think about it. You know, so you, you there, there are people there, there's support there. So don't pretend that you can't find anybody. There's always going to be somebody out there on your side. Um, it's kind of hard to get to your loved ones because they might be a little, you know, sketchy or skeptical about what you're doing. So I'll, I'll get to that part in a minute. That's that's on my list. <laughs> um, next, you want to take stock of your insecurities because when we have insecurities, and everybody has insecurities, no matter how motivated you are, how you know, I have insecurities about things sometimes. You know, it's normal. We're alive. We're breathing. You know, so you're going to be insecure about something. Um, take stock of those insecurities. Write them down. Observe yourself. And if you don't know, ask somebody, hey, do you think you can figure out what I'm insecure about? Because I'm not sure, you know, somebody that's, that's close to you and take stock of those insecurities so that you can wipe them out of your way or squash them or get in their face and say, hey, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about you. I'm not going to be insecure about this no more. <laughs> um, so take stock of those. And the next you want to take stock of your fears because fear, of course, is going to get you stuck. Um, you won't move. You don't know what to do. You're, you're scared of this. You're scared of that. You're scared of everything. You know, what if this doesn't work? What if this person laughs at me? What if I, you know, don't make it? What if this ends? What if, you know, I look stupid? What if, what if, what if? If you think about all those what ifs, you're never going to get anything done. Fears are ridiculous. Ridiculous. I do not like fear. I am not a fearful person. No way. Nope. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't do it. I, I, I will never get anything done if I'm afraid. So take stock of your fears and find a way to face them. You can move through fear and get things done and still be a motivated person and afraid. Um, you just have to figure out how to do that. Um, next, you want to evaluate your homemade glue. <laughs> I know this sounds a little funny, but we all have homemade glue. This is what keeps us stuck. We create this stickiness, you know, like the insecurities or the fear or some type of hangup that we have. And it keeps us in a place where we don't know where to go. We don't know how to move. We just, we're stuck there. Something's holding us there. And we created that glue. So evaluate your homemade glue and try to figure out what you, know, what you did to get yourself stuck there. Then you want to make some metaphorical psychological glue remover. <laughs> well, that sounds a little, you know, ah, what do I do? How do I do that? Cecily. Um, you want to be gentle and handling that. So let's say you, um, before I let my nails grow out and they were my nails, um, all mine, I used to get acrylics and acrylics are, you know, when you go into the nail shop, ladies, you know, this, you know, when you go to the nail shop, um, you know, it doesn't smell good in there. You smell the chemicals and everything. And you got these acrylics and they're putting the, the powder on you and they put the glue and everything. And it just looks all perfect and beautiful. Um, and it's just stuck there. 
If you take off those acrylics, ask any female that wears acrylics when I used to wear them. If you take off those acrylics yourself, you can you risk ripping your nail off um, and damaging your nail. So it's going to look ugly. So what you're supposed to do is either buy some nail glue remover or go um, in back into the nail shop and have them remove it. And then, you know, you don't have to worry about effed up looking nails. <laughs> um, so you have to do this metaphorically and psychological with that glue that you've created to stick yourself in the place that you're at. So you got to use your mind and you got to think of how am I going to remove myself from this sticky place? What am I going to do? What do I have to do? And you just write some stuff down and you think about some stuff. Ask your accountability buddy. Ask God to show you how you can create some metaphorical psychological glue remover um, to gently remove the glue. Because if you rip it off, if you just get up and go somewhere, you might get stuck, you know, again, and you might panic. You might, you know, have a blow up. You might not know what the hell you're doing. Like, oh my God, I've changed something. Something's different. I moved out of this place. I've gone here. I've done something different. And ah, I don't know what to do now. You know, you feel different. You know, maybe God's, you know, molding you and breaking you in and changing you. And you're scared, you know, like, who am I now? You're looking in the mirror and you're like, who's this person? <laughs> I didn't used to do that. You know, I'm thinking differently and you get nervous. And so you might have a blow up because it's, it's just boom, you just jump right into it. So you want to find a gentle way of handling that removal, a gentle way of moving out of that place that you're in. And, um, Trusting the process is important. So you're going through a process of change and you have to trust that process. You have to be able to say, hey, you know what? This is not smoothed out. You know, you think about making pizza and you got to get the, you got to get the, the dough. You got to have the, the flour, you know, and you got to you know, mold that dough into a flat surface so that you can put the sauce on and the cheese and whatever else you put on your pizza. That's a process that you have to go through making that pizza. So, you know, you're not going to start out with the pizza in front of you. You, you got to go through some steps, which means you got to take some time. So that might take 30 minutes to do you know, if you're making a homemade pizza. So you got to be able to have that patience and you have to trust that process of making the pizza. <laughs> um, I know it seems a little minor compared to changing your life, but, you know, it's just a... Um, a figurative way of thinking about it. You have to go through the process. Everything is a process. Getting up in the morning, brushing our teeth, getting ready for work, school, whatever, wherever we go in the morning. It's a process. You don't just get up and walk out the door. You look crazy. <laughs> you know, you want to get some breakfast in you, right? You want to change your clothes. Some people take a shower in the morning. You want to be clean. You want to brush your hair or comb your hair. Some women put makeup on. I mean, you there's a process before you walk out the door. <laughs> Very important. Um, so, you know, evaluate that, your, your homemade glue, and find a gentle way of handling that removal. Um, and then, you know, get out of your cage because that glue is your cage. I have a program through Sandoffin's Heart and Home, which is my orphanage that is not open yet processed. <laughs> it's taking its precious time. You know, timing is everything. Um, I'm working on the center right now and the, um, you know, Rainbow Universe pageants. I got to get it, you know, in a place where I feel like it's just flourishing and flowing smoothly. And then I can just move on to something else. Because if I do a bunch of stuff at one time, 
I'm going to pull my hair out of my head. So I have a, you know, a very active brain and I have a huge youth empire and a lot going on. So I have to go through processes one step at a time. So Cages to Wings is part of Sand Dolphins Heart and Home. And this is a program for youth that are just like what I'm talking about. People that are stuck in cages, you know, they're depressed, they're, um, lonely, you know, they have no confidence, they've been abused, and they're in a a sticky place where they feel like nothing good's going to happen for me. I hate myself. Everybody hates me. I want to kill myself. (laughs) That's a cage. We put ourselves in cages all the time. And this program in Send Off and Tartan Home, this club helps youth come from those cages and to spread their wings and fly um, on to greater and better things in the world, being who they really truly want to be. So you got to get out of your cage and you got to spread your wings and fly. Um, And that is a process as well. Um, So the next step you want to do is you want to create some goals. This is really, really huge. I just, I was looking at software yesterday um, because I am preparing my center and um, I need to have a software to have the youth come in and, you know, sign up and register for classes and um, pageants. Even we're going to have pageants there um, and register for membership, sign up for this, sign up for that volunteer. Um, gotta have a software for that. So I've been looking at some software, you know, I've used some before in the past, but I want something different because I've never had a center before. Um, And, you know, I saw this one software that where you can actually create goals in the software. And I was really astounded. I was like, wow, I don't know. And it even mentioned at the bottom, it says, this is the only software you can find where you can create goals for your business. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I love it. You know, it was great because I am a goal creator. I have checklists everywhere, (laughs) different, you know, categories of everything, groups, you know, departments, subsidiaries. I've got a a checklist for everything. Um, And there are goals for all of that. So when I saw that software, I was excited. I was like, oh yes, I got something. (laughs) Um, So creating goals is important. When I used to work for Goodwill, I was a, um, a invest um, caseworker. And I worked with the reentry population. So these were people coming out of jail. They were getting released. And I had a, a clientele list and um, the probation, I was connected to probation. And so they, the probation officer would you know, contact me and send me a list of people coming out of jail. Say, hey, Cicely, you know, here's a list of people who are, you know, they're, they're getting released and they need to get back on their feet. You know, they need to get a job. They need to go to school, you know, whatever they need. Um, you're going to help them with that. So it was the invest program. And um, so I would help these people when they come in, you know, I meet with them. They tell me their story. Sometimes they're in tears telling me their story um, about how they got arrested, how they went to jail. And I would encourage them. And then the next step was to make goals. So we would sit down and I say, okay, what do you want to do? What is it that you really want done. You want to go to school. You want to get your degree or GED. Do you want to, um, you know, find a long lost loved one, <laughs> you know, find your kids, you know, cause sometimes you get separated from your kids when you're, you get arrested and you're in jail or prison. Um, you know, do you want to get a job career? What do you want? And so they start telling me what they want. And I write down three goals, you know, just keep it basic in the beginning, three goals. And then we write steps for those goals. And then 
throughout the week, I contact each client and I say, hey, I got this, you know, we got your goal. I give them a copy of it. So they take it with them when they leave after our meeting. And then they go home and they're out there doing the stuff that they're supposed to be doing. Not always. <laughs> Have to call them. So I'm basically their accountability buddy. And I call them, you know, once or twice a week, I check in with them and say, Hey, you know, we wrote this goal down. Did you get it done? What happened? Yada, yada, yada. And they say, yes, no, whatever. And I say, okay, what can we do to get this goal done if they didn't do it? And, you know, congratulations, let's move on to the next step. And so this is important. You have to have some steps and some goals. <laughs> Otherwise you're never going to get anything done. You know, when you talk about stuff and you say, Hey, I'm going to go this place and I'm going to go here. And then you grab your bag and you get up and go, um, what are you going to do when you get there? What's your plan? You know, let's, let's say you want to join the gym and you, you just go to the gym and you just sit there and you're like, oh, I got that machine. I'm going to get that machine. I'm going to get that machine. I'm going to go to the dance class and go to this class. What's your plan? So, you know, they have people who do stuff like this. You know, they're going to sit you down and gonna say, what's your goal? Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to gain weight? Do you want to gain muscle? You know, do you want to learn something? Do you want to take a Zumba class? What do you want to do? <laughs> you know, so they're, they're going to ask you and you might be like, oh, oh, I uh, just wanted to get on the machine there. <laughs> Which is fine. But, you know, you, when you go to the gym, you got to have a plan. You know, otherwise, what are you there for? Just play on a machine? You got to have a plan because your body is going to, you know, respond to what you're doing and you have to be prepared for that. So you got to use wisdom. And so you got to create goals. Um, I remember, um, well, never mind. That's, that's, that's my story about the, <laughs> when I worked for Goodwill Invest, um, we created goals. Very, very important. Um, so it's important to work with somebody find somebody that will help you so that you can, you know, get motivated. Um, and then next, get over your hangups about looking stupid or being embarrassed or, you know, any secrets that you have coming out. When I would talk to these people, they would tell me stuff, you know, that they've done um, that, to get them arrested and they start crying. I remember one woman, you know, she talked about how she stole stuff at work. She got involved with the wrong person and she got caught and she ended up in jail and she cried her eyes out. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. She was vulnerable and she, but she was, you know, confident enough to be able to express that to me so I could help her. So you have to be able to tell people stuff, you know, tell them, you don't have to tell them everything, but you have to be able to let them know, Hey, this is, you know, this is hanging me up here. And I, I, I feel stupid. <laughs> you know, I, I feel embarrassed and I don't want, I don't want anybody to know about this, you know, and you have to be able to talk about it so you can get over those hangups. Otherwise you're never going to get anywhere. Um, and then next, don't tell everyone what you're doing or you're gonna have interference and delays. As much as we love our family and close friends, they cannot always handle change. They are used to you being a, a loser, <laughs> you know, if you're a loser. They're used to you being a drug addict. They're used to you being a moocher. They're used to you being, you know, hopping around from, um, I don't know, living room to living room. They're used to you running out of money and always calling them for money. They're used to you being that way. Used to you being, you know, a butt face, a jackass. They're used to your personality. They know you. So if you suddenly call them and say, hey, guess what I'm doing? I got this life coach, man, and and I'm going, I'm going to be a movie star and um go to Hollywood and I, I, I just met this girl and, and I just met this guy. I'm going to move in with him. You know, <laughs> you're just talking about all these great things you're going to do. Be 
careful because they might get in your face and say, I don't think you want to do that. You're not going to make it. You don't know what you're doing. You're going to look stupid. Um, I'm going to go with you. And remember you used to do this? Remember how much fun we had doing this? And let's keep doing this. And then you, you don't need to do that. You know, you're too old for that. Or, you know, you're too young. You can't do that. You're not, you can't go there. No, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't know, whatever. You don't know what you're doing. You might hear stuff like that. And that's going to break your heart. So be careful with what you share with your loved ones. It's great to tell your mom and your dad and your sister and your brother and your cousin and your bestie that you're, you're making some changes. But that's leave it at that. You know, I'm going to make some changes and see how this works. And I'll let you know what happens later. You know, don't tell them every step that you're doing, who you're talking to, you know, where you're going. They might call somebody to get in your face, get in your way. And you know, let's say that you've been, um, I don't know, addicted to porn for a long time. And you suddenly say, you know what, I'm not going to watch porn anymore. I don't like it. I don't like how women are treated. You know, <laughs> I have never heard a guy say that. Yet. <laughs> It'd be wonderful to hear a guy say that. I don't like how they do what they do with their bodies. That is not normal or natural. I don't want to watch it anymore. You know, that happens. You know, people just stop watching, um, usually because they probably fall in love with somebody who says, you don't want to watch that anymore. We don't need to do that. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you have a, somebody that you used to watch it with and you tell the person, hey, I'm not watching porn anymore. And they're like, hey, you know what? Guess what? I saw this girl and man, she's like 19, you know, she's, she's a porn star. You got to check this out. No, you got to check it out, man. You got to look at it. You know, be careful because you might get caught up in it again and be addicted to it again. And then you're gone backwards and you're back where you started. So you have to be careful with what you tell people in your life and what you share with them. Keep it to yourself for a while. I know it can be, you can get excited and, you know, you see this change in you and you want to pick up the phone right away and call your mom like, guess what, mom? You know, and she might be like, yeah. You know, you're going to be the same way you were before. You know, moms can be that way. You never know. Um, so just be careful. Let Do your own thing and, and, you know, chart your own path, your own course. You know, take your own road for a while. Be by yourself for a little bit and just kind of feel yourself out and see what's going to happen and, and get a feel for where you're going. And then when you get in a place where you feel safe and you feel comfortable where you are, then go ahead and tell your family, invite them over. Hey, you know what? I'm changed. And if they don't accept you, let them go. Don't worry about it. And that's probably heartbreaking and really hard to deal with. But change is hard for people to understand and to accept. And if you are one of those people and you want to do something different and your family's not accepting you, find somebody who will accept you and just pray for them and say, God, I, I hope that one day they come and see me and that they care about me and they accept this change in me, you know? So be careful with what you say to, to the people in your life. Um, and then next, take some personality tests, take some career tests, play around with different types of hobbies, because when you do, you will find out what who you are. It'll get you out of your funk, which will make you is making you ugly. You don't want to be ugly because people don't want to be around a funky person, <laughs> the funky attitude. Um, play with some stuff. Do something. Don't sit around thinking about things and worrying about stuff and wondering about this and you know contemplating that and you know. Do something, find a hobby, do something that you haven't done in a long time, do something new, learn something new. Um, 
I know somebody who has um, a band. I'm not going to say any names, but he he has, you know, he had a career and he's doing something on the side besides that career. And I love that about him because he's got a backup, you know, and that means he's having fun. He, he sees something else in himself where he can, you know, enjoy life and not just be thinking about what he did before. What the heck am I going to do now if I don't want to do this anymore? You know, he's got something to back him up. So find some hobbies, take some personality tests, find out who you really are and what you really like, like and that will help you get motivated. Um, next, have a health and wellness plan. So you think right and are feeding your brain. Very important. You can get in, you know, this little plan and, you know, plot and scheme that I'm going to do this. I'm going to go here. I got these goals, Sicily, you know, I'm ready. And you're eating crap, you know, and you're not thinking right and you're not sleeping regularly. You're not drinking water. Water is very important. Um, and those three meals a day are important. Eat your breakfast, eat your lunch, eat your dinner. So you can feed your brain and you can think well. Because when you think well, you're going to want to do well. Your body's going to want to get up and go. So if you're sitting around and you're not eating and you're watching TV all day or you're sleeping all day or you're not sleeping or you're staring at your computer or you're crying and wondering and stuff, that's not going to help you get motivated. It's going to keep you stuck. So feed your brain with good food, take your vitamins, you know, your supplements. If you have medical conditions, you go see a doctor, you get on a, a medical regimen, um, you take your, your medicine or your medication and you get yourself in a place where you feel good about you so that you can get motivated to do something. Um, and then next, make new friends, join some groups, make community connections. If you're a youth and you want to build a business, get to know politicians, law enforcement, other business owners. This is what I did when I started building my business. I was just putting myself out there. I joined LinkedIn. Um, I started getting to know police officers in the area, you know, law enforcement, because I have a RWW program, Rainbows with Wings, working with incarcerated youth. Um, I have probation officers on my list. I have, you know, community, um, uh, community, uh, service people in the community that help, um, less fortunate people. I have business owners that I know, um, youth in the community that I know, youth programs, just, you know, put yourself out there, let them know what you're doing. Um, get connected with people because you never know when somebody can open a door for you. These are like divine connections. And when you're working with God and he is your partner first, he's going to make sure you have your divine connections and make sure that there are people in your corner and that they're there for you. And you have to be able to accept them. You have to be able to have patience with them and, you know, just connect with them. I have tons of connections that can just get me through stuff. You know, I can help other people. Some people that aren't even youth, I can help calling a cop, you know, hey, you know what? Somebody's in trouble. Can you go help this person? Can you, you know, walk down the street or something? Sure, I'll do that for you, Cecily. No problem. You know, because I made a connection and, you know, I made a friend. Um, so very, very important. Join groups, make new friends, um, have some fun. I, I remember when I was trying to, um, I'm, I, I can be a loner. I'm a lone wolf. I'm a Capricorn. So we are very self-sufficient people. Um, we can be with ourselves for hours and not have to worry about wanting to be with people. I'm okay being alone, you know, and that's probably why I haven't gotten married yet. You know, I've been focused on business and, you know, I'm not all gung-ho about having a long-term relationship and answering to somebody. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to call you. <laughs>
I'm going to go here and I'll have to tell you, you know, like, why are you calling me? <laughs> um, I have to get in a place where I have to meet the person halfway, you know, because of my personality, my makeup. Um, so, so I had to join stuff. <laughs> I joined meetup.com and just met some great people, joined some other groups and, um, just really, you know, got to have some, some new connections and meet some new people, make some new friends and just have a lot of fun. So you have to really put yourself out there, um, and then have fun alone, you know, because sometimes you don't have anybody to hang out with and you don't want to freak out and be like, oh God, nobody's there. Nobody's answering. Nobody's available. So I don't know what to do. Um, so I hate myself, you know, I have no friends, you know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes people aren't going to pick up the phone and, and sometimes they won't be available to hang out with you. So, so when the day is over and you've got your little schedule going on and you're busy doing stuff, you're motivated. Um, what do you do when you get home? You have to have something to look forward to when you get home or the day is over. So make sure you're okay having fun alone. Make sure you can come home and you can grab your your tablet or your, your laptop and, you know, go online and, you know, play a game or watch a movie or something or uh, binge watch a TV show or take out a hobby and do something that you can do by yourself, crafting. Make sure you have something that you can do alone so you, that you feel okay and you have something to look forward to when you, when you get back and your day is over. And then lastly, don't quit. Don't give up no matter what you go through, no matter what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, who's in your face, who's messing with you, who's trying to hurt you, what didn't go right, because everything's not going to go right. Some things are going to go wrong. You're going to make mistakes. Other people are going to make mistakes. Timing could be off. Um, you might get irritated. Um, you might do something that you don't like anymore, you know, so but don't quit. Don't give up on your, your motivation and on your plan in your life. Um, do what you need to do to keep it going and stick with your accountability, buddy. Stick with your God. Stick with your, your peeps in your life that are, are um, cheering you on. Um, now let's talk about how to stay motivated. This one's you know pretty short. I'm almost done here. So let's talk about that because it's important that you know how to stay motivated because you know like i was saying about not quitting if you get to a point where things aren't working out or you're scared you know which is usually the the problem the underlying cause is fear um you might just fall back into the way you were and not want to do anything so you're not going to be motivated anymore so how do you stay that way first of all you want to stick to your plan like it's going to save your life so you know create a bible if you have to your own Bible, you know, mark it up, highlight stuff, you know, all your goals, all the things that you plan to do, your vision board, have a little Bible, a little portfolio um, where you can go back and say, hey, I made this plan and I need to stick to this. You know, I, I said I was going to do this and I already called these people. I made an appointment. I took the exam. You know, I visited the college or whatever it is that you did. I went to the interview. Um, I put myself out there. I need to keep moving until I get to the place I want to be. So you stick to your plan like it's going to save your life. Next, don't be wishy-washy and changeable too much. Otherwise, you're going to get sidetracked. So if you think about something that you're doing and, you know, it's mindless and you're like, nah, I don't want to do that. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and do this. Now I'm going to do this over there. No, oh, you don't want to change my mind. You don't want to do that. You don't want to keep job hopping and job hopping and hopping and hopping. Um, it's okay when you're young. You know, because you're pretty much just trying to get an income. You haven't figured out your career yet. But for the most part, 
be careful with changing things up so much and being wishy-washy because um, you're going to get sidetracked. You're going to, you might forget stuff and you might, you know, just fall back into being unmotivated again and playing games all day on your cell phone and you don't want to go there. Um, so be careful with that. Um, next, you want to be money smart. So that's huge. You have to invest money into your goals, into the things that you want to do with your life. And um, sometimes that is a motivation killer when you don't have any money. Um, but you can plan before you have the money. So when the money shows up, then you can execute, right? You can start buying the stuff and, you know, purchasing things and going to the places that you need to go and getting the, the support that you need that um, costs money. Um, so make sure that you are money smart. Take some classes. I have a money smart class for youth as well. Um, and you can take tons of money smart classes online for free. And just, you know, learn how to budget, learn how to save, learn how to spend, and learn how to give. Giving is huge. When you give, the universe is going to give back to you. And it may not always be money. It may be something else that just makes you feel wealthy or rich, you know, this love from all these people because of one investment that you made or one, you know, charity that you gave to, you know, you, you, you have to give. You have to be able to give and to um, be smart about it. Um, and you can do it anonymously too, but for the most part, save your money, be ready for the money to come and to show up. And then next have celebrations. I love this part. And when you have successes, celebrate your successes. If something goes well, if you met a goal, you know, I, I told this to the, the um, reentry population that I worked with at Goodwill, when they meet a goal, go out and get some ice cream, go out, you know, call a friend and, you know, Go to a club and go dancing, you know, um, have a party, do something, buy yourself a present or a gift and celebrate whatever success that was that you had, because you have to be able to say, hey, you know what? I did this. I made it happen for myself. I'm excited about it. I feel good about myself. I need to do something to reward myself. You have to reward yourself because um, it's going to make you feel good. It's going to keep you motivated. You will stay that way because you'll get in the habit of it. And that doesn't mean going shopping every weekend, <laughs> buying stuff on Amazon all the time because, you know, you, you met a goal. That just means, you know, once a month or twice a month or, you know, on the weekend or something, you know, get something small or affordable and celebrate your success. Um, next, you want to observe successful people or interview them. How the heck do they stay motivated? Um, I love that story. I don't know if you guys have ever watched Shark Tank. I love Shark Tank. I love watching these people just, you know, create these amazing businesses. And when Shark Tank accepts them, I'm just like, yes, you know, I'm all talking to them. I'm like, no, don't say that. Wait, wait a minute. Hold back. You know, <laughs> they can't hear me, but you know, I'm just talking to them. And I'm like, I need to be a Shark Tank. Um, but Bethany is a new, one of the newest Shark Tanks, and she's not always on there, but they, they bring um, these other business owners on there that are like, you know, millionaires, billionaires that have made it. And um, these people tell their story of how they made it. And so Bethany has this great story, great success story, where she started out as a kid, you know, making hats or selling hats. And um, I think it was in her dad's or her mom's shop. And her dad pushed her, you know, he was on her. He's like, you can do this. And she listened and, um, and she is the CEO and founder of Skinny Girl. I don't know if you guys heard that, um, product line. And, um, 
she's like a philanthropist and you know entrepreneur and everything and she's on shark tank and i was just really inspired by her story because she's got this mega empire which i'm building myself as well so i'm motivated by her story you know she kept going she did not quit you know she's a woman on her own she's got her own thing going on and she's she's making it and she's helping other people so um, find people, you know, observe their successes and interview them if you can and ask them, how the heck did you stay motivated and keep that going? Because some people have stories. I, I know, I think, I don't know if it was, uh, Damon John, he's a shark tanker too. Um, one of them said that they started in their parents' garage and they had nothing, you know, or friend's garage or something. I don't remember, but you know, you start from the bottom and you work your way up. And if you have the money to work your way up and to get there, use it, you know, do what you can to use it and, and the people that are there for you to help you. Um, so she has a great story. So find somebody to observe that is successful. And then also feed yourself with quotes and pep talks and Bible verses and prayer and meditation and yoga is huge. And Reiki. If you don't know what Reiki is, Reiki is um, pulling energy out. It they pull, when you go to a Reiki um, practitioner, they pull energy out of you, negative energy out of you, and um, that creates an opening for positive energy to come in. So they kind of infuse that in you as well. So it's all about energy. And, you know, we have chakra centers that are all about energy. So if they're closed, go to a Reiki practitioner and they will take care of you um, big time. I've been to one before and I was like, wow. <laughs> I just felt so cleansed um, and, and just open. So, you know, feed yourself with stuff like this. Pep talks, quotes, you know, there's tons of stuff like this on YouTube. Tons of apps that you can find. There are just ways. Just You, you have to just do it and just make it your business. Um, schedule it to show up on your phone every morning or a certain time during the day before you go to sleep. And you're on your way. It'll infuse in your subconscious mind and you'll feel really good and you will stay motivated. Um, and then next, observe yourself. Observe your moods. Observe your behavior and your attitude. Those are huge. If you have a funky attitude, if you're in a sour mood, if your behavior is nasty, you're not going to be motivated. You're not going to stay motivated. You're not going to get anything done. And if you do, it might be something bad. You know, you might end up being a bad boy, a bad girl, doing something criminal because you just feel funky that day. Hold back and observe your mood and try to figure out why you're in that mood, why you're in that place in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. And do something about it. Figure out how to get out of that so that you can, you know, keep that motivation going. And then lastly, do not let go of your accountability buddy. Very important. You want to hold on to that person like they are just going to save your life too, because they might save your life. You know, you might wake up one day thinking, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm just going to commit suicide. And then you think about your accountability buddy, you call them up or text them and they they say something and it just changes the whole day for your whole outlook. So don't let go of your buddy. Don't let go of that person that's been there for you. That's been pushing you and pulling you and encouraging you and in your face and telling you, you can do it. You can do better. You know, you can do it. You've got it in you. Don't let that person go. Don't fall back to negative crowds of people and people that are going to hold you down or keep you down or just not going to be there for you or don't care, you know, stick with the person that really cares so that you can stay motivated. And I guarantee you, you're on your way and you can keep that motivation going.
So be motivated and be beautiful. Thank you so much for listening. Toodles.